I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It is October the 28th. It's a Thursday. You're listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. I'm David Scott, joined today, luckily enough again, by Annette Beach. Annette, what was the day like? And it was a really busy day today. The markets went up and down and ended down. It was just a bit of a missing thematic. There wasn't much lead from the US that gave us any degree of conviction, but geez, we managed to get through a lot today. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a soggy session. And uh, as you said, it was really interesting to see what happened on Wall Street as well. Uh, early gains whittled away, including from the tech sector, which really started off strongly and then just faded towards the close of the NASDAQ, floated flat. So that gave us a bit of a week lead into the session. But there's a lot going on. So you mentioned the word missing. Now, I'll tell you something else that we're missing today, the RBA. Uh, <laughs> MIA. <laughs> yeah, so we, we won't go and elaborate too long on, on rates markets, but the RBA has been doing yield curve control. So they've been buying the April 2024 uh, Australian government bond to go and, uh, and send a message that the, the cash rate is likely to remain at 10 basis points, its mm-hmm. current level, out for until that period of time. But all of a sudden, uh, it's gone MIA, and the market's now got that at 50 basis points, five times the level. Annette, what the heck is going on? Yeah, it's the market's really taking on the RBA. It must be said that the the market was already getting aggressive, particularly since uh, almost since the Kiwi shot the lights out uh, with its CPI. It's just given our short end a bit of juice. And, of course, we had our own CPI report yesterday. That shot the lights out in its own way. It's the first time we've seen inflation with a two-handle. So, of course, the market is just bracing for the RBA to get that April 2024 bond yield back down closer to 10 basis points. And then today at 11.16, ah, nothing. Yeah, and the market has spoken. We've got three 25 basis point rate increases pricing from the RBA by the markets uh, by the end of next year. That is phenomenal for a central bank who keeps telling us that they're not going to be raising rates until 2024 at the earliest. Uh, on an otherwise soggy day for the market, I can tell you that uh, it was the financials that were managing to go and keep us afloat. The big banks had a pretty decent session. We saw the ANZ out with its mm. full-year results. Uh, okay, uh, NIMS uh, no, managed to go and expand very marginally, but a bit better than expected. But loan growth, uh, mortgage loan growth, uh, no, people are paying back their mortgages faster than what yep. they need to, and origination's not coming through. So a bit disappointing on that front, but still managed to go and, uh, and, and get through the session, but nothing really to go and write home about. Not to write home about. I would say the last reporting season with those bumper cash buybacks and dividends really shot the lights out. This time around, it's just about less bad loans means more cash being released. So it's just not a great thematic this time around. And of course, property is going to keep doing well until either we get half-decent macro prudential tools or rate hikes. And as we stand right now, we're not getting either. Doesn't look like it. Uh, looking across the, uh, the rest of the market map now, there was two other sectors that were just really smoked today. There's not the word really to describe it. <laughs> Material sector primarily what was going in the resources space and energy. Energy down close to 2%. 
Uh, of course, we saw some just dramatic declines in coal futures, iron ore futures, steel futures in China. Uh, we saw that today in Asia, you know, Brent crude futures were off about uh, a buck or, or close to 2%. Uh, so it's continuing to slide. Uh, there's a lot of concern out there as well about China. We ha had a chat with uh, Sam LaCorney from Stonehorn Investments uh, on the program. Uh, and he still sounds pretty confident about what's going on there despite concerns about economic growth and, of course, the government's crackdown there on common prosperity. Yeah, I think uh, Sam was pretty clear and said, look, we have no exposure to China property. So that's sort of stating the obvious when you've got Evergrande standing over. But uh, Sam's been pretty sanguine about this regulation. He said before that, you know, if anyone else said they were tackling big data privacy, educating children, making property available for all. He said if a Western country did that, it'd be applauded. But if China does it, there's a degree of suspicion. So he's still saying there's plenty of opportunities in China. He's looking at e-commerce. He's looking at tech. He's uh, doubled down on Alibaba and, and made some money back on that. So if you're keeping a cool head when it comes to China and investment opportunities, take a listen to Sam's interview. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really worthwhile. I really enjoyed having a chat with him. One thing I mentioned there quickly was, uh, was crude price. Uh, what about uh, what's going on with OPEC Plus? Is that coming on your radar? Because it's starting to come on my radar. This time next week is when their production meeting will be held. And I think when you talk about the risk events coming ahead uh, in the next couple of weeks, to me, that's right up there with the Federal Reserve. Because when you talk about all the inflationary pressures and the reaction function we're seeing from central banks, so much of that is coming from energy mm -hmm. price inflation. Uh, so I reckon that, uh, no, I've only written my view about it today, but it's something where OPEC Plus could almost go and take one for the team and longer term actually go and benefit themselves. But uh, no, short term, if they keep you know, seeing those crude prices ratchet higher, I reckon it's going to cause some serious strife for the global economy. Last time we had this pop and we were waiting for OPEC, it felt like we had two or three interviews a day on that subject and it's been remarkably uh, absent. But I guess one conversation I, I did have was Joe Biden is under huge pressure over there in the US because energy prices is obviously going through the roof as well. And there could be discussion about US shale oil producers cranking up the rigs uh, instead of OPEC. So that helps uh, US prices, maybe not so much globally, but there is certainly pressure at the ballot box to get these prices down. Whereas OPEC collectively, let's face it, they're not faced, they don't have a ballot box to worry about. No, not at all. They've got their state uh, revenues and keeping the population under control. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Uh, got another question for you. Uh, are you been eating much at home at the moment or uh, what's going on in the restaurant front? You are you dining out with the family? Oh, I, I have to say with the kids back at school, I've tried to be a responsible parent and cook at home during the week. But I have to say that... That first eggs on toast for uh, for weekend breakfast out was an absolute joy, as is a local pub meal as well. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a balance as opposed to cooking 24/7. Heaven forbid. I'm glad to see the back of it. Yeah, we've had, had a couple of supermarkets going report over the last two days. Of course, Woolworths and Coles uh, was also out. Uh, Coles today just happened to be our stock of the day. So we're going to ask the Ben Clark from TMS Capital what his views are, given that uncertainty about the demand outlook over the next couple of years. Polls seem to be calling out, you know, a quarter that it broadly in line with the last quarter. So to me, you know, it's, it's incremental, but it's a slight sort of beat probably to what the market was expecting. I, I think the other highlight in the Coles um, quarterly today was just that the online sales businesses for both companies have just taken off. And that's a scale game. The, and, and it's also, you know, if you get people trying it, they, they will stick to it. I, I think you're probably gonna see the cost side of the business kind of normalize a bit 
and probably oh. the sales side of the business normalized a bit as well. So maybe it's kind of like the earnings sort of standing still for a, right. a year or two rather than, you know, everyone knows that the sales volumes are gonna come off, but it's the cost part of the business could insulate right. somewhat. Okay. That is not going into the portfolio. So getting the views there from Ben Clark from TMS. Uh, no, he said the result was a beating what the market was expecting, but it was only marginally so. Uh, he said the one highlight that really stuck out to him was its online sales business, of course. We've seen one probably lasting legacy we've seen a lot of instances is that uh, pivot towards more e-commerce uh, rather than in-store shopping, particularly as people are pretty concerned about the virus still. Uh, look, another one of the great interviews I know, in fact, many interviews, Koshi actually sat down and did a bit of an ESG special today. So uh, when I spoke to three different ESG companies uh, and also when and spoke about six ESG ETF picks, from some of the course favorite teams. So that's gonna be a pretty good one out there because we know COP26 is mm -hmm. just around the corner. And we also know that ESG thematic, that is gonna be one of the dominant forces in markets, not only for the next couple of years, but I dare say the next few decades. Well, investors have been voting with ESG uh, lens for quite some time. Plenty of people we've spoken to last week and this week so far is Prime Minister Morrison is lacking on policy. But one thing that I guess we should uh, maybe just leave the government out of it and let's just have businesses have their own net zero and we'll just get on with it. Yeah. One of the other good interviews today, uh, Zach Rias from Bayentry uh, was on the program uh, talking about what he's uh, looking out there at the moment. Uh, he's actually feeling a little bit, uh, no, a bit cautious at this time. So he's not, uh, not afraid to go and, and, and park a bit more cash on the sidelines and look for opportunities. But uh, he de does see opportunities still out there in the reopening trade. So he has given a few examples there. So make sure you listen to that one as well. Uh, look, uh, turning to tomorrow, of course, it's Friday, TGIF. But uh, there's going to be a lot of water to go under the bridge. Uh, big night of earnings. You don't get much bigger than Apple. Uh, we also get uh, know, a variety of others out there as well, including Atlassian. Atlassian. Uh, ResMed as well, yep. which is going to be the Aussie connection as well. And then domestically tomorrow, we also get some, uh, a bit of a read of how the consumer is holding up here in Australia. We do. We get the month and the quarter. So... Uh, it was a bit of a race for all the domestic economists to be as bearish as possible on uh, September quarter GDP and number one puzzle piece is released tomorrow, which will be consumption in volume terms. And you know what I'll be looking at is the difference between volume and value, i.e. inflation, retail inflation. I know we had that CPI report yesterday, but how sticky is this food price inflation and services inflation? We'll get a read on that tomorrow as well. Yeah, the goods, goods price inflation. I can tell you, I was saying to Nadim on the podcast earlier in the week, there has been so much inflation evidence in my eyes mm. just uh, around my part of town uh, and the various things that I go and shop at. Just the so morning coffee cup's gone up 40, 50 cents. That's we, pretty cheeky. There we go. Well, man, that core inflation, you can't go and trim <laughs> everything out. And uh, certainly you can see that inflation and pressure's coming through. So really keen to go and see what's going to happen and how the central banks, including the RBA, will respond. But that is for another day. We might go and leave it there, cool our heels, and then get ready to go and do it all again tomorrow morning. It'll be TGIF. See you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.